Welcome to Ravel Radio. I'm your host, Kara Steinman, and I'm all about helping women entrepreneurs get connected. We live in a society that benefits from women being disconnected from ourselves and disconnected from each other, often at the expense of our financial, physical, and mental health. And that really pisses me off. I believe the key to dismantling those systems of oppression lies smack dab in the collective power of women. I've made it my mission to help remove the obstacles that keep us separate so we can join forces, build more wealth, and make a bigger impact together than we ever could alone. These are the conversations that will get us there. Who's coming with me? Hey, Sheila. Thanks for being here. Hi, Kara. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, so for anybody who doesn't know Sheila Hansen, why don't you give us a little 411 on who you are and what you do? Yeah, I am a CPA based out of the Omaha, Nebraska area. I have been doing this for 15 plus years and have been out on my own now for seven. I now focus on creative industries and really help the business owner become a confident financial decision maker. So we tackle all the things that go into uh, understanding our numbers and making decisions, saving on taxes, understanding where our business is headed from a financial standpoint. And you and I are going to talk about money mindset today and yes, the stories are. that we tell ourselves. So what's the deal? What t- Tell me why this is an important part of running a business. It, I mean, we all know mindset's really important, but why is it particularly challenging for women in the money mindset area? Yeah. So when we think about, and this has kind of came about dealing with um, business owners, and I identified that I can give the tactical how-to all of all day long. And there was just this disconnect in it actually happening and taking place for the things that we needed to implement or the clients would come and just want to avoid the conversation. And so that's where it kind of started for me and digging into why is that? Like, what is going on here? And uh, it was really my own money mindset journey. Um, I kind of stumbled upon that through parenting, right? When <laughs> parents, that'll do we it. We have, you know, the two different stories of what parenting is, how we should be parents come together. Um, we realize that, okay, there is more going on in our subconscious than we actually like even know about. And whether it's stuff that we want to carry forward or not until we address and bring it to that conscious like decision of, is this a belief that I that I want to believe to begin with? And then two, is this what I want to carry forward and what, what I want my child to believe? And so that's where it kind of started for me. Uh, and with females, because I work mostly with female business owners, there's just that um, that weight that comes with it, right? The, the money is power, that we have to work hard for our money. Uh, money is dirty. All of these conversations that and phrases that we heard growing up um, that end up impacting our decisions. And I think especially in the creative industry, we have that like math. I don't understand math. Math is hard. I don't math. Um, It's too complex. And so what I'm finding is that the first hurdle that we have to get over is to just stop avoiding the conversation to begin with and realize and give ourselves grace that we are beginners in this and we will, we can figure it out. Um, and we can make it fun just like we approach the other creative parts of our business that we really enjoy. 
the finance and money side of it can be the same. And so getting over that just avoidance of it to begin with. So the parenting thing is interesting you mentioned because you, we like bump up against not only our own self-limiting beliefs and our subconscious, those stories that we tell ourselves, but then when you start talking, like you, if you're raising kids with a spouse or a partner, you start realizing they've got their own stories. So you're both telling each other stories and um, in your own business, you're kind of by yourself, right? Usually you're solo, like you work with a lot of solopreneurs or big teams. Yeah. Most of them are solopreneurs with a few team members, maybe. So they're telling themselves stories and they don't even realize they're telling themselves stories. Yeah. Nobody else is there to challenge. Right. You're not, you're not they're, being, they're nobody's going, that's not how it works, man. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so you- that's part of it is just to be another voice in the room with them in these conversations and help point out like, is that true? Is that what you want to believe? Um, and offering another perspective on a, a different story they could tell themselves. Money's so weird. It's like this this arbitrary thing we've placed value on. And there's all this shame and fear and all these, like you said, stories and power tied up in it that we've given it. Right. The the money itself is made up. I mean, it's it's yeah. a number on a page. I guess you could say it's a it's a dollar bill, but yeah, um, it's like an energy. It's made up. Yeah. It's it's everything that we are giving it uh and defining it is what it actually is. So what are some of the stories that you come across with clients that are particularly troublesome when it comes to wanting to build a successful business? Yeah. So one of the most common ones is that working hard for your money, right? And that leads, especially in the female world, to burn out so quickly that it can't flow easy, that we have to give it all we've got. We've got to spend all this time. And and especially when that turns into time equals money, mm. uh, that conversation um, and getting out of that is often a huge breakthrough for clients, especially if they're in an industry um, or even in their business when they start out so easy to bill hourly, mm-hmm. right? So gonna, I've always hated hourly. Like You know, especially if you went trade. from being a, um, you know, W-2 employee or an employee somewhere, and now you're going out on your own and doing this. That's what you're used to. You're Even if you did have, you know, a salary, you were still used to X number of hours got me this paycheck, right? Right? Yeah. And so, you know, that's often like a first goal of people coming out on their own is uh, wanting to uh, replace that or match that. And so uh, that time equals money can get us into a, a really big trap. And so working through what other value are we providing to our clients and how can we bill for the value that we're providing them, not the time that it's taking us. I know in my own personal journey, that was one of the big beefs that I had when I worked for another accounting firm uh, before going out on my own is everything was based on the billable hour. But what if I was more efficient? Yeah. What if I got more done? That just meant now I had a bigger workload. And the client was probably actually getting more value from having me on the team than someone else because my brain was fresh when I was working on their stuff, right? You know, it wasn't, I wasn't sitting there spinning my wheels um, and they were getting it done faster. So that's where the the time for money thoughts can can lead into trouble. It penalizes you for mm-hmm. being really good at something. Yeah. Like, I, I've never understood that. And I know that that's how capitalism works. And that's how the whole, <laughs> like, that's how we grease the wheels and make everything work. But it like doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Um, and so then the other part of that is just the whole scarcity versus abundance mindset piece of it. 
Um, whether you view money as a limited resource that's capped, that there's only a certain amount, um, or whether it's something that can grow and have you can have excess of. And, um, and so all of those same things that come into when we think about scarcity and abundance in all the other areas of our life, the gratitude, the appreciating what we have, the focusing on um, where we can grow it and um, where we can create more of it. Those are kind of the things I often have conversations with clients about when I see that scarcity is coming in. So that's another story then that there's there's only so much money to go around. And yes. I've got to, is it that I've got to get it while I can, or is it someone else is going to get it before me? Or I think it's often um, like clinging too tightly to it or trying to control the amount that you do have currently. Um, I often see kind of two sides of the spectrum. One, if there's money in the bank account, it gets spent. The other is um, we hoard this huge balance in our in the bank account and we're worried about if it ever drops below a certain number. Um, oftentimes, a business owner has a number in their head where when the bank account is be- above that, they're good. They're not freaking out. Um, but it, as it approaches that or gets below that, then thing, the wheels kind of come off in their mind. Yeah. And then we start to get impatient and throw things at the wall. And yeah, so it's sale, working on sale. it's working on like adjusting that number and it could be up or down. I mean, we obviously from a long-term planning perspective, we want to have uh, a reserve, if you will, so that as money comes in, we don't have to accept any client. We can be strategic about the clients that we're accepting and how we're pricing and all of that. We can make those changes without it being um, detrimental to our bank account. But at the same time, um, yeah, not relying on that number being a, a specific cushion. Um and really working on adjusting that number up and down as we grow the choices and decisions that we're making. Yeah. What are let's see, what are some of the other stories that we tell ourselves? Cuz I know there's a whole bunch of them you you touched on. I want to kind of like go over a few of the stories and then look at the behaviors and then maybe we can talk about how you help people understand or or what you do to help them move past that because a lot of you you said before this is subconscious. A lot of this is mm-hmm. not even we don't realize we're telling ourselves these stories. We're just exhibiting behavior behaviors that are happening because our subconscious is telling us this story and we're trying to keep ourselves safe um, yeah. without our conscious mind even knowing. And so we're just like, wow, why am I always hoarding money? I don't know, because you're scared there's not enough of it. So you touched on, um, what did you say? What did you say? Patricia, so the- you might have to cut this out for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the overall one, I think that I have noticed lately is the avoiding it. And so that can come with, that can be the result that we're getting um, is avoiding the conversations, avoiding learning how, understanding it. Um, and so that can come with a couple different stories. One, that it's complicated, right? That there is this right and wrong way to do it. And so we are so fearful of making the wrong choice that we don't do anything to make a choice to even this, know if it's going to play out and be right or wrong. Um, but really, there is no right and wrong, right? There is there is ways to um, tailor it. There's decisions to make, and it's, it's a journey along the way. So that, I think, is often a hurdle in a story that people tell is that like it's right and wrong. I, I have to understand all of it before I can even get started anywhere. Um, and then also coming with that is like that it has to be this complex, complicated structure, right? And then we either don't spend the 
the time to put that structure in place, or it just takes so much to maintain the structure that after we develop it, we don't continue on with it. Um, and really, it's in those small habits. And so the that's where I like to show them how their thought is getting to the result of them avoiding their numbers. Is it starting with this is complicated and I don't understand math? Well, to be totally honest with you, the math that I do is adding, subtracting, multiplying, dividing. That's the extent of the math that I typically do on a daily basis in my job. And so I'm not using complex calculus and advanced algebra and all of the things that, you know, we think of when we think of hard math. Um, We're using the basic formulas and a simple spreadsheet can do that for us. And so we have to just break it down into steps that we can handle. Um, And so... That is getting over the hurdle of math is hard. Um, The other thing, the other story is that it's like stressful and not fun, right? I get that. (laughs) I think like, especially if you said, if you're working in creative fields, like a lot of us identify as creatives, we don't identify as like logical number people. Right. And so that's where I approach it. Like what other things are fun and exciting and how do you go about those in your life versus how do you approach the numbers in your life? So I encourage people to have like 20 minutes, I think is ideal. If you could do it on a weekly basis, um, a money date with yourself. And I say date because like date is fun, flirty, like can be spontaneous. Um, So like get your favorite things out, get your favorite candles out, like set up the date in the room, like for you, in a way that you're going to show up excited uh, to then approach the topic rather than, oh, I got to open my spreadsheets and my numbers and look at this and it's boring. And like, what little things can you start tracking that will get you excited about the numbers and the finances. And if you are dreading and having those conversations, if you've ever talked to an accountant, there are some of us out there that aren't very social. Um, and those meetings, I wouldn't even want to go to that meeting <laughs> uh, and have that kind of conversation with with particular accountants. So finding somebody that, again, shows up and is excited and connects with you and um, can relate to you in ways. And I think the way that the tone that they use when they talk to you about it. Um, I think that's another common thing in uh, the industry with females, especially as the business owner, right? They're told, oh, that's just your little side business. Like you're not, yeah, you're not going to make anything out of it. Like um, that's not true. Like you are a kick-ass business owner. You are doing this. Um, and so having somebody on your team that can also, you know, show up in that way and support you in that way, even if the numbers may be smaller than yeah. a large corporation and those kinds of things. I think that's one of the things that was really difficult for me when I was hiring my first bookkeeper was that I felt like I had to get everything organized and make it like it had to be good before I handed it off to somebody because I didn't want somebody to judge the messy books or, you know, ask me why I'd spent so much in this area. And so there was even a little bit of control there for me where I didn't want someone questioning why how I had spent money or invested in my business. Yeah. Where do you think that came from? Do you think I think personally somebody had told you that it had to be organized? I don't know. Probably at some point. I feel like um it's probably just more shame, like money shame, like not having not being organized and not having my like my dad's always like, well, you have to, you know, be super organized with your money. And he does his balances checkbook every day and all this stuff. And I'm just like, whatever. And so it's messy, right? And so you don't yeah. want someone who's a professional with money to come in and be like, ew, <laughs> your books are gross. Hey there. 
Sorry to interrupt. I wanted to pop in here real quick and say thanks for being here. If you're enjoying this episode, I've got a special treat for you. You can now get early access to the full uncut Ravel Radio episodes, as well as bonus conversations exploring everything from feminist entrepreneurship to neurodiverse business strategies. It's a little bit like being a fly on the wall for a really juicy conversation. And it's free. All you have to do to get the inside scoop is subscribe to our private podcast called Unraveled. To get access, just visit RavelCollective.com slash Unraveled to sign up and start listening. The link is in the show notes, and I hope to see you there. Yeah. And I think that is totally, um, again, it can go back to a story that we're telling ourselves. And that's why we're hiring the expert, right? Yes. And I have to tell you, I was so like, now and that that's why, it's like, all said and done. Marketing or other areas of the business that aren't my specialty, like I go and get help and ask for resources and those sort of things, because that's not that's not the way my brain thinks. And that's not the best use of my time um, based on my own skill set. Yeah. And so that is, yeah, one area that I think people do hold off so long in the beginning because they, they think they need it organized. And then the longer it goes, the more yeah. organized it becomes where if they would just get some basic help early, early on. Yeah. And like and you getting said, some system and structure in place finding the right person. There are a ton yeah. of different personalities out there and different people who are going to fit well with your personality and speak to you in a way that you understand. I got really lucky and hired a bookkeeper right away that was very sensitive and didn't like was good at asking me questions in a way that didn't put me on the defense, which I need because I'll yes. cry. And yes. <laughs> and but now that it's done, like it's such it's one of those things where you're like, why didn't I do this 10 years ago? Because it's organized and I I didn't have to organize it. I just had to come along and be cooperative and answer questions. And now when I look at it, it makes a lot more sense and I'm I'm much less afraid of it. Mm -hmm. And now that it's organized, I understand how it works. Like yeah. it's so much easier when somebody who knows what they're doing just comes in and does the thing. And I'm, I like, I just would encourage any woman out there who's listening who might feel like their finances are a mess and they might need to hire a bookkeeper or an accountant to come in and organize things. Like it really is so much better after you let the professional come in and, and do the thing. And you find that a lot of your money like stories aren't really true. Right. And I think that initial setup of your structure, uh, whatever it may be, I happen to be a QuickBooks Online user. So getting your QuickBooks Online set up properly will make a huge difference in the the value that those numbers and those reports can tell you. Um, well, it's hugely empowering too, which is something yeah. I don't think we anticipate. We, we're we stuck in like the money shame and the like, well, this is messy now. So how can I possibly like look like a professional when my back end is such a mess? But once you have it organized, like I, I don't think like you bookkeepers are not sitting there going, oh my God, like you expect that it's not going to be super organized when you come on, right? right? Like this right. is everybody who comes on is not like they'd be a bookkeeper themselves if they were really good at it. Right. That's part of the value we're providing is putting that structure in place. But once you place. have the numbers you can yes. make decisions like this is this is not something i want to spend money on anymore or look at where this this aspect of my business is really really earning me money where once it's on a spreadsheet somehow it's easier to see yeah like and i think it's also that whole story of can i even afford this which then becomes like this cycle of well i don't yeah. know what my numbers are so i can't tell I can't know if i can, I can afford, afford it, it. so <laughs> that's true again, feeding into how do you how, how do you speak to that because that is a little bit tricky if you're not sure what's coming in and what's going out every month yeah i think that is just one area that you've got to decide i'm going to get a handle on this and i'm 
going to understand it. And either I'm going to take the time to figure it out or I'm going to help have somebody else come in and help me. And that is where a strategy session can often be really valuable is it's just a one-time thing, right? Like you go in Mm -hmm. and you could either hire, sometimes um, bookkeepers will do like your setup of the file. And so they can go through and get everything that you've got already in there. And then you could potentially maintain it going forward. Or um, someone like myself can come in and kind of look at what numbers you do have. And we can pull all those pieces together and organize it um, in a way that you might not be able to in your head. And so we can have that conversation of like, here's like the big highlights of where you're at. Um, And we could do that in a strategy session rather than signing up for ongoing services. And then once you have that data and you can kind of see what the value of the numbers is, you can see how that fits into your, you know, longer term plan. I didn't know you could do that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So you can get help from the numbers people to figure out (laughs) how many numbers you have to work with. Yes. Yeah. One of my favorite conversations um, when it comes to strategy is just like the overall number of clients, what you're charging, how many hours do you want to work? Like, what does that whole picture look like? And um, I think oftentimes we'll set this goal and it's so much based on what we see other people doing. We're going to have the six figure year or we're going to pay ourselves this amount, but we don't actually take the time to calculate what does that entail, Mm -hmm. right? Like how many clients, if I'm only charging 250, that's a lot of clients to get to six figures. Mm-hmm. And how many hours am I spending servicing that $250 client? Um, and do I have that time available? Or yeah. um, I think another one I see so common is especially female business owners being willing to pay somebody else, but then they're not taking a paycheck themselves. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of get into this like upside down business owner model almost in mm-hmm. like all the money that we're bringing in is going out to pay our team or our staff. Um when in fact, we should be probably charging more and have a profit left over for ourselves. It does seem like a lot of female business owners undercharge. Like mm-hmm. we are not out there saying, and I I almost wonder if it's because we have this saying, we charge what you're worth. I really don't like that saying. I don't like that one either. It's like you charge are for the value girlfriend. you're providing your client. Yeah. But what is the value that they're going to get out of that? Not what you're worth. Yeah. It's, it, a lot of us have self-worth issues that we're dealing with and that's not going to help us charge what yeah. the value is. The other one I like to help business owners see is that you are you and your business is your business. And those are two completely different things. If your business fails or succeeds, that's separate from you and your worth, right? That was business decisions we made either worked or they didn't work. um, And that created the success or the failure of our business, but that is separate from our own worth. And so like really kind of drawing the line, even though it is so much combined, right? Like my business is me, my name is my face on the page. It's my name on or all over the website. Like I'm the one showing up to service my clients. Uh, But that really is separate from who I am as a full human being and what my worth is. Yeah. Um, Which is one, just one more reason that I think you mentioned saying how many hours you want to work, like not making your business your entire life because 
it almost seems like having a bookkeeper or someone in your financial corner to help you out would help you prevent burnout because coming in and having to say, well, you know, maybe the money story is I have to work 24 seven. I have to, you know, what is, what is that? Um, I have to lean in. I have to like, (laughs) just, just go all the time and hustle, hustle culture and all that stuff. But like, what would it be like to say, I want to work, I want to work six hours a week. Like Mm -hmm. what if you could actually do that? And I know people who work very few hours a week and make really good money because they've strategically set it up that way. And they probably have a lot of stuff going on outside of quote work. um, They've gotten really clear and created those systems and and structures and processes so that when they show up, they are showing up to do the really high value tasks for their business. And they know what's coming in and what's going out Mm -hmm. and they can project and predict so that when they're off duty, they actually can relax. Because I know that's a big problem. I talk to a lot of women who like can't unplug. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that comes just kind of with that unknown of not actually knowing where they stand. It does. It's the the kind of ethereal money conversation they're not having. Yep. And then they feel like it's not like they can't see it. So where is it? Yeah. Or it's like an overcomplicated system. Like one of my favorite client wins. I had a client who came in or came on board and she just she just felt like her money was all over the place. She never really understood like where she was at, where things were, like she had these contracts and these reoccurring clients, but the way that her system was structured, she would invoice, the client would get around to paying at some point. Um, she'd follow up if they didn't. Some would pay this way, some would pay by check, some would pay by credit card, whatever it may be. And so she never really understood where she was at because she then had contractors and a team. So money would have to go out for them at some point again right. um, to keep them on their pay structure. But she didn't know like, wait, okay, I, I know my contract is this and I'm paying them that, but where is the cash? And so we just shifted her contracts so that they um, all got billed at the beginning of the month. Auto payment, set it up. It took about two months for us to get this, like all the documentation from the client, the clients on board um, to be able to pull those funds. So then by the fifth of the month, she could go and schedule out all of the payments that needed to go out for her business the rest of the month because the cash was there. And then she had the rest of the month to service her clients, create new marketing ideas, come up with other things because she was never having to worry about where is the cash. I know it's coming in, but where is it? When is this person going to pay? Do I need to follow up again? Why haven't they paid? Did I, was something wrong with my service and they didn't want to pay? Like those were all the stories she had going on. And when it was probably just, they forgot to submit payment, you know, like, I mean, we all get the email reminder and just are busy at the time and don't circle back to complete the task. So in a way, she was actually providing value also to her customer because they now don't have to get 10 email reminders to go in and make a payment that just comes out of their only responsibility is making sure the funds are there at the beginning of the month. And then they just get the benefit of the services she's providing. I'm a big fan of AutoPay. And how much headspace did that clear up for both sides? Oh, yeah. She and then and then from that, because we got where is the cash question figured out, now we could start digging into and planning and forecasting, okay, 
if we add these types of clients at this price or this contracting uh, or this consulting project, where is that going to go? What does that actually do to my bottom line? We can have those conversations because before we didn't know where the baseline was, so we couldn't have any of that conversation. Um, And so now she says things like, I'm excited to look at these reports. I'm excited to talk about my numbers. Um, And so before it was just a huge stress for her. So that is Again, those when those money stories change, things can feel a lot lighter and flow so much better in your business. And it sounds like it doesn't take that much to change no. the money stories. It's just a little bit of proof to the contrary that will help train your subconscious that maybe we need to reevaluate the story. Maybe what we thought is true is not true. I think one, it's just realizing it's a story, you know, bringing yeah. it, having somebody help you to see that it's just a story you're telling yourself um, or a thought that you have about it. And then to it's yeah how what what result is that story getting me and do I want that to be the result anymore yeah yeah I love that yeah well okay so you work with creative entrepreneurs give me some examples uh, are you talking marketing yeah so uh, graphic designer web designer copywriters uh, you could get into uh, social media marketing coaching and speaking can also kind of fall into that creative because it's you're creating you know the content that that is just presented in an audio form. Um, yeah. So. Okay. Well, how can everyone get in touch with you if they want to learn more or do a consultation or something like that? Yeah. I am most on Instagram, but also LinkedIn. So Sheila Hansen CPA on both of those. And then um, I sent out a weekly email so you can get on my newsletter. Um, and that one I gear towards money mindset. So it's less of the tax tips and topics and that kind of stuff and more of the thoughts and mon- the and the stories um, and, and quick action items that you can do for the week to improve your money mindset. Um, and then I have a website, so I'm sure you'll post that um, yeah. in the show notes, but hansenllc.net. So that's where you can find Perfect. me. And then I do both, um, like I mentioned earlier, strategy sessions. So we can do one-time um, coaching type things. And then I also offer monthly ongoing services. So that's where I become the partner in your business, helping you understand the numbers every month and make decisions going forward. When is it time to hire? How do I pay myself? How are we going to take advantage of some tax strategies? All those good things. Awesome. Perfect. Well, I'm super excited. I want everybody to reach out to you and connect. Um, and I love that you're approaching this with a, from a mindset perspective because we're just not gonna we're not gonna get anywhere if we're not looking at it if we're avoiding it it's not gonna get healthier and um, you know what's standing in our way <laughs> yes Us. we are yes so thank you so much everybody I'll put the links in the show notes and go connect with Sheila thank you Sheila yeah thanks for having me thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode I invite you to join our private podcast Unraveled. That's where you'll get early access to the raw, unedited Ravel Radio conversations, as well as bonus content. It's totally free and easy to subscribe. Just visit RavelCollective.com slash Unraveled to sign up.